Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Really, everything in worship was the message today. And I believe God is stirring an expectation in us so that we would begin to receive all that Jesus has done for us. And so I believe in your name, you'll do miracles, right? I believe in your name, miracles will happen. I like singing it like this. I believe, I don't sing it much. I believe in your name, miracles are happening are right now. It's not just off to the future because my God exists outside of time. And right now, at this moment, miracles are happening. What about sickness or disease or fear of sickness or fear of disease? I believe in your name, miracles are happening. Say it with me. I believe in your name, miracles are happening. What about the challenges in my family or my children or my grandchildren? I believe in your name, miracles are happening. Come on, what about struggling in areas of finances and things like that? I believe in your name, miracles are happening. What about the times of disappointment or sadness or sorrow or loss? I believe in your name. Miracles are happening. The fact is, in the world, we face a lot of stuff, but our God has already paid the price through the work of Jesus Christ. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. And guess what? Who he is, is manifested in what he does. And if Jesus paid a price on the cross for our salvation, which is body, soul, and spirit, we can believe with a confidence that, guess what? I believe in your name, miracles are happening. So right now, I pull from heaven manifested on this earth, in my life, in your life, in our community, in our nation. Nothing is impossible with God. I'll tell you, what has got our attention will have our direction. If our focus is on the problems and the battles and the, the, the fears and this, uh, all this stuff that's bombarding us, then that will become so big in our eyes. And I wasn't even thinking, I got to get a pen. I don't have, yeah, here's a pen. All right. Who wants to come up here real quick? Okay, come on up here. I love you, Ashley. You, you're, just, you're just right there. Okay. So, all right, Ashley. Does this look really big to you? It doesn't look big. Now, does it look pretty big to you? Yeah, it looks pretty big, right? See, what you focus on gets bigger. Thank you. <laughs> what you focus on gets bigger and bigger and bigger. 
The more it's before you, the bigger it gets. So are our life circumstances what is before us all the time? Or are we looking to the author and the finisher of our faith? Are we looking to the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the midst of darkness? I believe God is wanting to stir inside of us an expectation. I've been feeling this for weeks that... uh, The enemy wants to do everything he can to try to discourage us. You go to Daniel 7. The goal of the enemy is to wear out the saints. You're just fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting battles, and it's wearing you out. But in that same verse, it says, but judgment God's putting down his gavel. The judge of all the earth has put down his gavel. And he says, but judgment has been given to the saints of the most high God. So the fact is, in the midst of everything the enemy is trying to do to wear us out, exactly what Joel said or prayed at the very end, we're going to partner with him in this season. And one way we partner is by expecting A lot of times we don't expect for miracles to happen because we're so afraid of being disappointed. I think we have to confront that thing and kick it in the butt, get it out of here real quick, because the fact is either I'm going to put my attention on the fear of a disappointment or I'm going to put my attention on a miracle working God. It's my choice, right? And so the fact is, if I live with the fear of being disappointed, I'll never expect I would rather shoot for the stars and get halfway there than to shoot for the ground and walk on it. I'd rather believe for God's highest and best. And actually, that's what I'm speaking about today, highest and best. And there's two aspects of that. Number one is we giving our highest and best and us receiving his highest and best. And so there's this amazing partnership going on. And so those are the two elements. And I want to start out first with giving God our best. And I want to read uh, Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14, and it's out of the King James. And um, it says, I count not myself to have apprehended. In the Passion Translation, I don't depend upon my own strength. Do you ever depend on your own strength? I just can't do this anymore. Okay, it's a good time. Depend on his strength. I can't handle this anymore. Okay, it's a perfect time to trust in waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Come on, guys. I don't depend on my own strength, but this one thing. Say one thing. One thing I do. This might sound like more than one thing, but the fact is when we do the first part, the second part comes. When we do the second part, the first part is already done. Listen, but this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forth those things that are before. I press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. You know, the moment you let go of the past, you can move to your future. The moment you can throw away the stuff that disappointed you, the battles, the struggles, all the stuff you went through in the past, then you can start looking and say, I have a future, I have a hope, and I'm going to reach forth and press towards the mark of the 
high calling in Christ Jesus. See, God has his highest. He has his best. And the way that I can step in to receive his highest and his best is I have to forget those things that are behind. Oh, easier preached than practiced. Come on, I know it. Because we got this brain that is filled with memory, not just positive memory, negative memory. Come on. And in fact, there's a part of your brain that holds every major disappointment you ever had in your life. It's called the basal ganglia. And there's a part of your brain that is there holding all those memories. And so even though this is easy to preach, it is a determination we have to make in our heart to put our attention on the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness, rather than focusing on what was the old. Think of Tarzan. He could have never made his way through the jungle if when he reached for the next vine, he didn't let go of the other one. Otherwise, he would have just been hanging in there somewhere, Right? The only way we can move forward is to let go of the old and press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So we just flat got to choose him. In the midst of everything, we choose him. Now, way back when, uh, four months ago, when uh, we had COVID, Donna was a witness to how intense it was. What an intense season. Stephen was in the hospital. My mom was digressing, and Donna's saying, there's no way you can care for her. You know, she needs 24-hour care, and, and it was all these dynamics, and, and I was just so horribly sick. I probably was sicker than I realized I was sick, but um, uh, it, it was a challenging season, and there was a bombardment of my soul, and I don't know what it was, but my brain just was not functioning right. If you had COVID, I don't know if any of you felt your brain just doesn't think right. And Rebecca, I don't remember this. She came in and told me, but she said, yeah, mom, I went in and I asked you, would you like blueberries or strawberries? And I'm going, I couldn't think. I, 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 I couldn't process. Do I want blueberries or strawberries? That sounds crazy. But that's how messed up my brain was. And she goes, it's okay, mom. I'll just, I'll take care of it. I go, good, thank you. I don't even remember what she brought me, but one or the other, right? Maybe a mixture, I don't know. But in the midst of that intense time, I'd go to sleep and I, I'd, and I didn't want to sleep because I would just have nightmares when I would be sleeping. It was crazy. And one night it was just so intense I crawled out of bed, and I got on the floor. And I'm telling you, I was listening to scriptures every day, all day long. I was listening to worship music every day, all day long. I was listening to this one song about speak to the mountains, and it is the most powerful song over and over and over and over. And, and I, I got on the floor, and I don't even remember what I prayed. But out of my mouth came, I choose you. And the second I said, I choose you, the peace of God, a supernatural encounter with peace flooded me from the top of my head to the tip of my toes. And it was just washing over me in waves. And in that same moment, I saw the tree of the knowledge of the good of good and evil in the garden. And then I saw my God. And he said, 
when you rejected the tree of the knowledge. Oh man, we can listen to all the news. We can listen to all these reports. We can just fill our head with all this knowledge, all these natural things, all this stuff. And it's overwhelming for our brains as we try to figure it all out, right? And we're going through all this stuff and our, our brains are focused on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. How many times are we focusing on the evil, the bad, the struggles, the, the dynamics of what we're facing, the challenges that we face? That's evil. God did plant it. He didn't purpose it. It's the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and everything that comes from the enemy is evil. Come on, isn't it? Sickness is not of God. Come on. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, to pervert supernatural health. Everything God's promised, the enemy wants to pervert. But what the Lord spoke to me, he said, you rejected the tree of the knowledge and you chose me. And in me is everything. In me is everything. Because I was working so hard to know what to pray, how to pray, praying in tongues constantly, you know, but he spoke, you don't even have to pray for healing. If you choose me, you got it. You don't have to pray for provision because if you choose me, you got it. And in him is everything. We don't have to strive. We don't have to struggle. We believe. I believe in your name. Miracles are happening right here, right now. You could feel it all through worship. This is a sovereign move of God this morning. So when I choose him, I choose who he is. So I just want to just teach a, a moment on some of the names of God. Because throughout the Bible, I won't give the story and everything that backs it up. Otherwise, I'd never get done teaching. But I want to give you the bottom line name of God that he revealed. Because when we know his name, when we know who he is, we know what he'll do. Or may I say through Jesus, he's already done. If I gave you, Donna, $100 to go grocery shopping and you picked up $100 worth of groceries, you wouldn't have to pay for it because it was already paid, right? I go into the grocery store ahead of you and say, here's $100 for Donna. You go in there, you don't have to pay for it again because it was paid for. You just go in, get the groceries, and go out and say, that was fun. I didn't have to work for that. That was a gift. That little gift card I gave, that was a promise. Did you ever get gift cards for Christmas? How many got gift cards for Christmas? That's a promise that when you go in there, you don't have to pay for it. It's already paid for. Guess what? Jesus already paid for everything that we have need of. No weapon that is formed against us will prosper. If God is on our side, what do we have to fear? The pen in Ashley's eyes. How close is it? Or we recognize there's a pen there, but it's very small in comparison to the greatness of our God. Let me give you some of these names. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals us. 
He revealed his nature that he was the healer. And he's not just the healer of the body. He is the healer of the soul. That's why I'm going to be doing the training on the shame, fear, control cycle. Because that is a harassment of our soul from the lies of the enemy. And he wants to heal our soul. He wants to deliver us. He wants us to be free. That we are not controlled by the past. But we can move forward in the future with all, without all the harassment without the shame, without the fear. He is Jehovah Sabaoth, which deals with deliverance. That's huge. What it means is the Lord over the armies that go to war. Huh? Think about it. Our God is a warrior. The lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. He goes before the armies. Why do we need an army? Is because there are enemies. Come on. When that pen, that's the enemy. When it's real close, we just see that. But if we pull it back, we will see that there is Jehovah Sabaoth. He's the Lord of the armies. God is on our side. I believe in your name, miracles are happening. Come on, guys. I believe in your name, miracles right now are happening. It also means God defends us. He fights our battles. That doesn't mean we don't partner with him. But when we partner with him, he rises up as a mighty man of war to fight our battles. There is no army that can defeat him. All that is encompassed in Jehovah Sabaoth. There is no army that can defeat him. He is Jehovah Shalom, the God of our peace. Oh my goodness. In the midst of all the chaos in the world, what is it? It is fear-mongering. Come on. I don't talk to anybody that I don't hear fear. I listen to myself at times. I go, whoa, that is fear-based. Stop it right now. This is unacceptable. You're not going there. Because, see, I have the power of choice, and I choose him. I personally, and I, won't, I don't want to teach on fear right now, but I believe if we overcome fear, we have overcome everything. Because the very foundation that the enemy uses to build his lies upon is fear. Jehovah Jireh, he's our provision. I remember it was a few years ago when we had live ITC classes throughout the day and Joel was in one of these early classes as he was working for his degree and, and I, was just I was just telling him all the testimonies of how God supplied all our needs and uh, oh, I'm telling you because when we moved here, my mom gave us $200 a month and that's all we had to live on and we were a family of four and it was just, I mean, there just wasn't money. But you know what? Never were we a day late on a bill. How did that happen? And it was a, God was a God of miracles, right? He be, provided for us. We believed for him to meet every one of our needs. And Joel, in his young, passionate mind way, way of thinking, he lifted up his hand and he said, 
did you ever believe for abundance? And I go, boy, I want to slap you. <laughs> and I realize I always believed my needs to be met, but I never believed for abundance. And guess what? God has ordained for us to have abundance. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Because guess what? Without abundance, I don't have anything to give to somebody else. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm not just talking about stuff. I'm talking about all that I am, all that God created me to be. Without me having that abundance, I don't have to give. But when there's that abundance there, I don't have to be stingy of soul. I can have a spirit of generosity because my God is a God of abundance. He never ordained us just to squeak by. <laughs> He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Sintgenu, which is our righteousness. And I got to be careful in this part because I want to preach, but... The word righteousness and justice are intertwined in the word of God. In fact, in Psalms 89, it says, the foundation of his throne is upon righteousness and justice. Now, our righteousness is because of the work of Jesus Christ, right? But righteousness also means right actions. Because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, there's this expectation for me to function in right actions. Correct? If I'm walking righteously in position with my God, then my actions will be righteous, right actions towards others. Correct? He is the God of righteousness. It means justice, victory, deliverance, and prosperity. Justice. That's the throne in which my God sits. And he rules and reigns in justice. He uses his power for our good. All of God's amazing power that he said, let there be light. Man, there was light. He spoke a word and there was creation. God hasn't lost any of that power. He can create and he can recreate. I'm believing for some areas of recreation in my life. In Isaiah 61, 8, this is the NIV. It says, I, the Lord, love justice. God loves when we allow him to use his power for our good. He loves that. I love to do justice. That's my place where I rule and reign in your life, where I rule and reign upon the earth, right? I love justice. And then it says, I hate robbery and I hate iniquity. See, God hates how you've been stolen from. He hates how you've been sinned against. He hates it. The garbage that happened to me as a child through sexual molestation, he hated it. The difficulties in your life. I hear people's stories and my heart is just crushed. God hated what happened to you. He hated it. He hates injustice. He hates how you've been stolen from. He hates how you've been sinned against. But he loves justice. So therefore, he said, in my faithfulness, our God's a faithfulness, faithful God. No matter what we've experienced, he is so faithful he says, in my faithfulness, I will make a covenant with you. Come here. 
in my faithfulness, I will make a covenant with you. We're coming into agreement, God and me. I am for you. I'm with you. I'm in you. And I'm going to move through you. I'm telling you, because of our covenant with God, guess what? The God who created heaven and earth lives on, on the inside of us by the Holy Spirit. Am I going to lean on the knowledge of the tree of the good and evil? Or am I going to trust in God and say, I choose you? Because he's made a covenant with me. God of heaven and earth has made a covenant with you. Isn't that pretty awesome? Yes. I love you. <laughs> he's made a covenant with us. I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. How many of you never heard me preach on justice? Raise your hand if you've never heard me preach on justice. Oh, my goodness. I think I better re-preach that message here, okay? I mean, oh, my, here we go. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's my passion. All you have to do is look and have my posts, and you can see uh, justice is a big deal. Because I recognize if God's the God of justice, doesn't he want us to be instruments of justice? Let's stop that. Let's go to Jehovah Nisi, which is our banner of victory. One of the names that describes who he is is that we have him as our banner of victory. Right slap dab across your forehead, invisible to you at times, the enemy is seeing victory upon you. Because that's who my God is, and that's who dwells within me. You know what? He just tries to lie to us so much that we so focus on that little problem. And it might not feel little, it might not seem little at all, but in comparison to the greatness of God, it is nothing. He's our banner of victory. I love this one. Jehovah Shammah. It means he is always there with us. You are never alone. And I know there's ones in this room, I felt it in my own life, times when I felt so isolated. Now, I didn't know Jesus at that time, but I remember my first year, I moved to Washington, D.C. to work for the FBI, and when I was there, the ones who lived far away from D.C., they got to go home for the holidays. The ones that live close, and I lived in Pennsylvania, so that was very close. I could go home on the weekend easily in their mind. So I could not go on Thanksgiving or Christmas or any major holiday. And I remember my first Christmas. I was 18 years old in my little apartment. The only amenity was roaches. And I had two Christmas cards taped to the wall. That's all I got, but they were taped to the wall. And I was just there. I'll never forget how lonely I felt. I never told anybody because I am woman, hear me roar, right? I didn't tell anybody what was going on on the inside of me. That's why I believe the night I said, God, if you're there, do something in my life. My life was so instantly transformed. 
because inside my spirit, I recognized I wasn't alone anymore because he's always there with us. You know, he was in our past. He's in our present. And he's already been in our future. I choose you. I choose you. It's a choice. Guess what, guys? You make a lot of choices. Can I Googled, how many choices do we make a day? I like Googling stuff like that. How many choices do we make in a day? Listen to this. In fact, some sources suggest that the average person makes an eye-popping 35,000 choices per day. Assuming that most people spend around seven hours per day sleeping and thus blissfully choice-free, that makes roughly 2,000 decisions per hour or one decision every two seconds. Now, some of those decisions, like, what are we having for lunch today? <laughs> some of those decisions, oh, what do I get to do here? Where can I go there? I mean, there's a lot of decisions we make. Some of these decisions are probably subconscious decisions as well. But we hold the power of 35,000 decisions a day. Say, I hold the power. God's given us the power of choice. Before sin, before fall, what did God do? He gave man dominion. He gave them dominion over all his resources and over himself. And when man messed up by eating of that tree, Adam did not take responsibility. He blamed his wife. And his wife didn't take responsibility. She went and blamed the serpent. But who's the one that made the choice? <laughs> oh. Even when we make bad choices, I believe in your name, miracles are happening. Because the moment I have revelation of who he is, I am able to let go of the past and reach for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. What's so beautiful about being a son or daughter under the blood of Jesus Christ, none of our past or even the silly things, crazy things, stupid things that we do today have no power to determine our future. That's the beauty of repentance. And you know what repentance is? And it's not crawling on the ground like a worm. Repentance is just changing the way we think. I believed a lie. I did something stupid. Now I choose you. I choose to believe the truth. I look and say, oh, those stupid things I thought. Oh, those things. Oh, my brain is just all messed up. In an instant, I choose you and peace floods. Really, choice is a partnership word. When I said yes to this man 45 plus years ago, we don't even feel 45 years old, okay? And a couple months ago we did, but not now, okay? When I said yes to this man, I said no to every other man, past, present, or future. Come on. And when he said yes to me, he said no to every other woman, past, present, or future. Whoa. It's a choice we make. 
what a blessing that the moment I say, God, I choose you, I have just said no to the devil. I just said no to lies. I just said no to defeat and failure and loss and sadness and sorrow. I said no to those things. Will we have emotions? Of course we will, but we know the author and the finisher of our faith. In the world, we do have tribulation, but be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. We're already overcomers because the overcomer lives in us. Deuteronomy 13, 19 said, I set before you, look, just look, you see life, you see death, you see blessing, you see cursing. Guys, choose life. Choose life. And you know what? The moment you choose life, you're not just choosing it for you. It says, so that you and your seed may live. Every time you make a choice that aligns with the Father, aligns with heaven, the thoughts and ways of heaven, every time you choose him over all this other stuff, guess what? It's positioning our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. My goodness, I'll tell you, there's curses that come down to the third and fourth generation, but there's blessings for a thousand generations for those who choose him. That's point number one. <laughs> point number two, how do we position ourselves to receive God's highest and best? And that is hope. It's that expectation. It is confronting the disappointment. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But I want to read this out of the Passion Translation. Sometimes to read a little, a, another translation, it gives you, you know, a, a bigger picture. It says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality. It brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. When I hope every time I put that battle way out here and make God so much bigger in my own perspective than those things, every time I put my hope in God, what is happening? I am literally laying a foundation so I can acquire the things that Jesus paid for. Because God wants you and me to have his highest and best. He's not holding back anything. He is not a stingy God. He didn't send Jesus to pay the price to say, well, I don't think I want to give it to Rosa. No, no, no. He paid the price that he said, if you position yourself, if you allow your hope, if you allow your expectation, could you feel hope rise in the midst of worship today? Come on, guys. You could feel it. You could feel his presence wherever his presence is there is hope. Wherever there is revelation, there is hope. Wherever we see a sign, a wonder, a miracle, a little thing here or a big thing there, the bottom line is it stirs hope inside of us. So now faith brings our hopes into reality. Do you realize a hope, it's not a reality yet, but it's going to be. So I'm not wishing, I recognize my hope is foundational. 
Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. My hope is the proof I'm going to see it. My expectation for all that God is and all that he desires to do, that's found in my hope. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Everything we read in the word of God where God moved and miracles took place. I was just talking to Larry before church and he says, boy, when you read the verses about, you know, they laid hands on the blind and they saw, he goes, no wonder they were jumping around for good, you know, jumping around all excited because guess what? If you struggle with something and that struggle is gone, oh, when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Come on, guys, we got to get our expectation up. And the more trees of life we have bubbling up in the house, the more there's going to be an app atmosphere of hope, an atmosphere of expectations. And when we have that expectation, it does open heaven to be made manifested in us. That's really within our soul because I'm convincing you in your soul that I'm not going to withhold anything from you. I want to give my God my highest and best. And my highest and best is hoping in him, trusting in him, believing in him, choosing him. If hope is a substance of faith, what will build our hope? And I'll just say this really quickly. These things are not just spiritual disciplines or legalism or rules. It is the thing that feeds our hope. I'm terrible at plants. I either forget to water them and they die or I overwater them and they just like flop. I'm just not good at plants. I'm just not good at it. I love them. So Stephen says, why do you like those fresh cut flowers? Because even if he bought me regular flowers, I'd kill them. So I just know these fresh cut flowers will last like two weeks and then I can throw them away and he can buy me more. So, okay, I have this hope, this expectation, all right? (laughs) So (laughs) how did you like that hint? (laughs) Okay, so... So how do we build this hope? How do we build this expectation? We read the word of God. It's not just a spiritual discipline. You say, I hate to read. Man, we got phones. You go to the audible Bible and just listen to it. You can just go on there. And that's what I did. I mean, when I, when I had COVID, I couldn't read anything, but man, I was feeding, 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 feeding constantly. In fact, one day Joel comes in, he's like, mom, He takes the phone, puts it over, and he says, just go to sleep. (laughs) And I said, okay. And then when they were left the house, I got out my phone again. Okay. (laughs) You know, because the more I was feeding, the more hope I had. Not just for me, but everything that was going on. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. My faith will increase when I hear the word of God. In the Passion, it says, faith is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance. 
Faith is birthed in our hearts when we hear the written word or we hear the prophetic word or we hear the spoken word preached. It stirs hope inside of us. That's why the Bible says don't forsake. You know, we've never been a church to make people feel bad if they don't come or can't come or do whatever. It's like, it's not about legalism and rules. I hate that. But the Bible does say that don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And even more so as the evil day approaches. Why? Because when we see the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we need to do everything we can to get our attention back on him. Something happens when we worship our God. It creates an atmosphere for hope to thrive. So we need to read the word of God, be filled with the word of God. We need to hear God's voice. You know, I can't hear God's voice. I want to tell you, you could not have received Jesus if you would not have heard his voice. It doesn't mean it's this big audible voice. It doesn't mean the earth shakes. He says, my sheep, that's us. His sons and daughters hear my voice. And then later it says, the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So guess what? There's two voices. Just like there was those two trees in the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And guess what? The tree of life. And in our world today, there are two. I mean, there's the voices of one or the other. Either the voices are sourced from heaven or the voices are sourced from hell. And when we recognize that voice is sourced from hell, we got to stop listening to it. I want to be aware of of current events, but just slightly aware. Really, you feed on that stuff. It is fear mongering. And when you feed on stuff, you don't personally have the power to change except through prayer. And I don't even need to know the details to pray. The more I feed on something, the more that becomes a part of who I am. So I want to feed on the word of God. I want to hear his voice because I don't want to follow. The loudest voice I hear is the voice I follow. It could be a friend. It could be an ideology. It could be something out there. We just got to start making Christianity and the gospel so simple. There are certain people called to do certain things. That's great because they got the grace to do it. But if I'm not called or don't have the grace for that, I don't go there. I know my spheres of responsibility. And I don't want to follow what the enemy is doing. I want to follow what God is doing. Now, don't feel bad if you look at the news. I'm not saying that. But I will say... I remember my kids, I was always strict. We were talking about this before church, Ashley. But I was very strict, wasn't I, Joel? When um, you kids were little, like, I didn't let them watch a PG-13 movie. They couldn't even watch Remember the Titans. I was so, no, oh, Hoosiers. They couldn't watch Hoosiers. That's right. And um, I was just, like, so, so, so strict. And um, it was 
It's just so funny because uh, if they would watch a movie that I had a problem with, we had to go through the whole house and spiritually clean it. Right now, I lay hands, I command every force of darkness to go. I mean, I'd be going through the whole house. I was like, why? Because I recognize if I feed on something that is opposite of truth, it will have an impact on our life. So I will by no means follow a stranger, but I will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. That's what it says as a son or daughter of God. Number three. Well, it's not really number three. Another thing we can do to build up hope is memorials and testimonies. That's so powerful. And I, Katie even alluded to that before she went out with the youth. But when you hear a testimony, it stirs faith. It stirs hope inside of us. When I'm going through something, I need to remember what my God has already done. I, you know, I, I don't think about this that much anymore, but when I got hit so hard with COVID, I was remembering when I was 27 years old and I, 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 my spirit began to leave my body. I was going I was, I was dying. And I became very aware that my spirit was leaving the body. I'm going, God, this feels awesome. I'll never forget. It felt so good. It took away the fear of death because going felt so good. All the pain I was in, there was no pain because I was out of my body. And I was going. But then Rebecca came in, three years old. She had her Midwestern slash Southerny accent. And she came in, she laid her hands on me, and I heard this. Devil, you get away from my mommy in the name of Jesus. And she walked out of the room. Just like that, my spirit came back in my body. Do you realize my daughter raised me from the dead? My spirit came back in my body, and I thought, oh, my gosh, what's Stephen going to do with two babies? I got to live. But that day, death passed, and it took about nine months to the, the healing was totally manifested. But you know what? I remembered what my God did for me 27 years ago, almost 40 years ago. No, 30 years ago. I don't know. 20, yeah, 40 years ago, almost 40 years ago. I remembered what he had done. And it gave me faith for the moment. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's what the Bible says in Revelations 19.10. When we begin to speak testimonies, it is like releasing a prophetic word and say, Rachel, if God did this for me, he's going to do it for you. When I share this testimony, I, I am like so real about the stuff that's happened in my life. I could be in a corporate boardroom and talk about how I was molested. I'll just say anything. Be authentic because guess what? There's no temptation taken us but such as is common to men if they're saved or they're unsaved. Come on. People don't need professionals. They need real people that have solutions that really genuinely love and care for them and that's built more platforms for me than my skills. 
and you share those testimonies. And I've got to do this one really, really, really quick because I don't want to tell too much of it because it really isn't something you put on tape or share in public. But I was at an international government and it was leaning toward, it was socialistic, leaning towards communistic. And I was teaching on justice, how they have the ability and the legislation, legislative ability to enact laws that will be good for the people. And they have the power to do what's good for the people rather than using the people to get a platform of power. And I'm teaching about all this about justice and using their power for good and all these things. And I say, you have no idea what the people of your nations are experiencing. And then I shared my story. And they were like shocked because here I was this person from the United States, this little white lady from the United States. And they assume I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Nothing ever happened to me, right? And so I'm sharing this story and I talk about healing and how I have a passion for justice and all this stuff. And I'm going, okay. I remember calling Stephen before I went into the, those into that governmental assembly, and I said, please pray that I come home, okay? Because you don't know if you're going to say something they don't like. Well, when it was done, the head of this organization got up and they said, Dr. Melody, instead of leaving after lunch, which was what the plan was, would you stay and tell us how you got healed? Do you know what? It wasn't all the things I taught. It was being real. It was telling a testimony of the woundedness that I experienced, but that I was on the other side of that thing. So their question was, how did you get to the other side? And say, all through that big fancy governmental lunch, I'm sitting there praying in tongues inside of me because I couldn't do it out loud, of course. And I'm sitting there, I'm just praying, oh, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me. How do I do this in this environment, you know? And so I got back, and they gave me like 40 minutes, and, and um, 40 or 50 minutes, but I went, and I shared about the lies that I believed and the shame I had, the fear I lived in, all that stuff. And like in the last five minutes, I said, for me, my healing began when I received Jesus. And very encapsulized, I shared how Jesus came. He died on the cross and he rose again for every human being upon the planet, that he was our healer. Very, very quickly. This is all in like a couple minutes. And I said, thank you very much. And sat down. And I go, okay, Jesus, I give it to you. That same person got up and they said, Dr. Melody, would you pray for people? I about fell off my chair. <laughs> really? Oh, I would be honored. And I was there till, till like early evening praying for all these legislators that were connected to ways that we don't want our nation to go. Let's just put it that way, okay? Anyway, it wasn't good. And, but I was there. And long story short, I won't tell you any more details, but that day I led five people to Jesus. Do you know what? We try to hide our imperfections. But when we choose him, 
There is the provision. Because I believe in your name, miracles are happening. And when we share those testimonies, it creates an atmosphere for to say, listen, if God did it for me, he'll do it for you. Every one of us have this ability. So the number one thing I just want to pray about right now is to confront every disappointment that causes us to want to pull back, to cause us to be afraid to believe in a God who is for us, a God who is with us, a God who is in us, and a God who wants to move through us. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, the first thing I want to do because I'm leaning on the God who is a God of deliverance. I'm leaning on Jehovah Sabaoth, that literally the, the head of the armies of heaven is going before this prayer right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray for a supernatural de uh, deliverance in the area of disappointment where people have been afraid to believe and they've been stuck in a disappointment and uh, they're afraid to have hope, they're afraid to pray, they're afraid to move forward because of disappointment. Lord, in Jesus' name, I come against that spirit of disappointment, that spirit that says, I'll fail. That spirit that says, God doesn't love me enough to do that for me. I break that off right now in the name of Jesus. And I declare that a disappointment is broken right now off of each one in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you and praise you right now that literally the armies of heaven are partnering with this prayer to drive out all disappointment from the time they were a little child to present in the name of Jesus. We just break its power in Jesus' name and proclaim the appointments of heaven. We prophesy the appointments of heaven. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that your voice is rising within their hearts, that you are bringing revelation, that you are bringing clarity, that you are bringing understanding of who you are in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. And if you knew that you, if you, knew that you were controlled by that, say, thank you, Jesus. Say, I believe in your name, miracles are happening in Jesus' name. And as I get ready to, to dismiss, I would like uh, our healing team to come forward. Um, Tracy, would you come up, even though you're not on it? Thank you, Father. 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 Pastor, you want to come up? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm not even going to ask for words of knowledge or words of wisdom. You know if you got something you need to be dealt with. Whether it's physical, emotional, financial, spiritual, any area of your life. And you just say, I want to stand in that place believing and agreeing with someone who has faith, has hope, has an expectation because they know that in 
Jesus' name, miracles are happening right now. So whatever needs you have, just come up right now. They will pray with you. It, does, it can be salvation. It can be the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, connect with me. I'd like that. I love it. So I, I would like to pray for you. If you would like the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues, I'll go over to the side. But please come up now. Just come up now. I know there's people with needs. I know that there's people that are desiring agreement. It can be something so small. It doesn't have to be something big. But we want to pray for you because I believe in Jesus' name, miracles will happen. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, as we go to dismiss everyone, we just thank you and praise you for your goodness, your greatness, your power, your promise. You are the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in darkness, and and that because of the work of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, miracles are happening. We're going to expect them today. We're going to expect them in the days to come. And we thank you, God, that disappointment is broken and hope is arising. Expectation is arising in Jesus' name. Amen.